morning and welcome to another day's edition of Transformation Radio. Your love has rescued us, the cross delivered all our hearts from fear, our hope is here. You came to make a way, Jesus, you came to raise the dead to life. Our song will rise Oh, great and mighty King You reign in majesty Before your throne we sing Holy, holy Oh, great and mighty King All eternity We bow with heaven Our offering our hearts before the risen Lord. All power in your name, Jesus, the one who says, Be lifted high, our song will rise. Oh, great and mighty King, you reign in majesty.
morning, gentlemen. It's Pastor Delaney. I pray that you all are all doing well and uh, that today is off to a good start, uh, regardless of phase, and that uh, you are bathed in prayer, armored up, ready for whatever uh, the Lord has for you today or whatever the world might have for you today. I um, wanted to, to share something with you this morning. I, I've heard it said, uh, I am only one. Uh, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do, and what I ought to do by the grace of God, I will do. It's a wonderful quote, and it's a quote that that many of us, uh, really, if we unpack it, we could embrace every day. Because often we'll look at all the things that are going on around us, the, the challenges that we face around us. Um, I don't get to see many of you guys quite as often as, as I would like because uh, right now we're promoting uh, refuge. We're helping uh, other uh, ministries collaborate in an effort to uh, turn the tide on this opiate epidemic that we face and the other challenges that we face uh, with trafficking and domestic violence and some other you know, real ills in our society. And sometimes when you look at the grandeur of that problem, I mean, I was sharing with my Champions guys a couple weeks ago that uh, in the area of Akron, Ohio, between July the 3rd and the 26th of July, we had 247 people overdose. Now, we didn't lose all of them, but when you start looking at that, and that's just one little town uh, across an entire state and in, in the context of an entire country, we can start going, man, am I really making a difference? Can I make a difference? And it can get a little discouraging. Um, but I, I go back to this quote, uh, and it's actually shared by a guy named Greg Laurie, a, a pastor that, that many of you may have seen on TV. But he says, I've, I've heard it said, I am only one, but I am one. And so let's unpack that for a second for you guys today. Don't ever look at the, the first part of that sentence, that I am only one. Don't take the, the glass half empty view of that. You are one. You are one. And while the next sentence says, I cannot do everything, you can do something. What is something that you can do today to inspire uh, another person? What's something that you can do today to reflect the love of Christ when you're at work? What is something that you can do today to embody <clears throat> what Pastor Mike or Pastor Doug or Pastor Phil or Tom or one of the other team members have poured into you where you can embody that and put it into action in, in whatever you're getting ready to do today? What is that something that you can do? Because what I can do, he goes on to say, I ought to do. And, and now you've, you've been with us long enough, hopefully, that you've experienced that what you were doing was not what God had in store or in mind for you to be doing. And it was really not great. It was going to kill you. And so now you've been given new opportunities, whether it's when, if you're going to work or whether it's your day in class today or whether it's a chance to be with your brothers today. What is it that you can do as one? What is it you can do? that you ought to do. And I think sometimes if we kind of look at each day as an opportunity to do what I can do and what I ought to do, because I've been given the second, the, the last part of this particular sentence, it says, by the grace of God. So that's why I asked you this morning, are you prayed up? Have you 
taken a hard look in the mirror and said, man, God, you have blessed me so greatly today. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm not chasing after the, the demon that I used to chase. I, I don't have to, to uh, feed the dragon today. Instead, I, I've got opportunities in front of me that I never experienced before. I've got things that I never thought I could do. And the Lord sits there and says, hey, by the grace of God, I've given you that chance. So yes, maybe you are just one, but you are one and you can't do everything. But what is it that you can do today that you should be doing because you've been granted the grace of God? And then the key piece to the puzzle is do it. Do it. Whatever has been you know, motivated in you by the Spirit of the Lord, uh, make an effort to go and do it. Our actions truly speak louder than our words, guys. And so if you see a need or if you want to reach out and pray with somebody on your lunch hour or if you know that your brother's going through something difficult, go to them. Take action. That is something you can do and that you ought to do. And even though you're only one, it's something that you can do even though you can't do everything. Um, the thing is, is there, there's a wonderful statement that, uh, often when I'm out and, uh, and doing these talks with, uh, the community leaders and, and, and other folks that, uh, sometimes I'll close a talk with, and it's a little quote that's by a guy, um, named Billy Sunday. And I think I've shared it with you before. And it says, it's not necessarily, not necessary. It is not necessary to be in a big place to do big things. You know, sometimes it just takes us being one, just one who doesn't look to try to do everything, but can do something. And what we can do is what we ought to do. By the grace of God, we've been given an opportunity to do it. Look for those opportunities to do it. Because, God, remember, guys, faith without act, you know, faith without works is dead. And so we can have this wonderful faith and be so thankful. But unless we're out looking for those opportunities to do what the Lord, by his grace, has given us to do, then we're missing it a little bit. So I encourage you to do today. Pretty simple stuff. But I'm so grateful for my time uh, each every time I get to talk to you. Um, grateful when I get to see you. And uh, I look forward to just continuing uh, to grow and, and, and uh, draw closer to the Lord with each one of you. Take care, guys. And now it's time for us to read from the New Testament in today's narrative of the New Living Translation, and it will come from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 14 through 33. As we read today, we'll see that idol worship was the major form of religion in Corinth. There were several pagan temples in the city, and they were very popular. The statues of wood or stone were not bad in themselves, but people gave them credit for what only God could do, such as provide good weather, crops, and children. Idolatry is still a serious problem today, but of course it takes a different form. We've gotten a bit more sophisticated with our idolatry. We don't put our trust in statues of wood and stone, but in paper money and plastic cards. Trusting anything for what God alone provides is idolatry. Our modern idols are those symbols of power, pleasure, or prestige that we so highly regard. When we understand contemporary parallels to idolatry, Paul's words to flee from idolatry become much more meaningful and urgent. 
We'll read that the idea of unity with God through eating a sacrifice was strong in Judaism and Christianity as well as paganism. See, in Old Testament days, when a Jew offered a sacrifice, he ate part of that sacrifice as a way of restoring his unity with God against whom he had sinned. As we read on into today's New Testament scripture, we'll see as followers of Christ, we must give him our total allegiance. We cannot, as Paul explained, eat both at the Lord's table and at the table of devils. We cannot agree with other pagan religions. They are to be soundly rejected. The Lord demands our loyalty. Eating at the Lord's table means communing with Christ and identifying with his death. Eating at the devil's table means identifying with Satan by worshiping or prompting heathen or evil activities. Are you trying to lead two lives following the desires of both Christ and the crowd? The Bible says you cannot do both at the same time. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. August 16th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 through 33. So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourselves if what I am saying is true. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance, or that the idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons, too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons, too. What? Do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than He is? You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you, this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited to what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved.
Hey guys, this is Brad Fulton uh, here at Veritas, phasing up to phase three today. Woohoo! Never thought I'd make it. Here I stand. God's awesome. Uh, phase two, bit of a struggle for me, um, as you all know. But, you know, God's grace and mercy got me into Veritas in March and uh, was very apparent again in, uh, in the maybe beginning of June. I'm very excited, guys, very excited for what God's doing in my life right now and what He has in store for me and many others here in the refuge. Uh, I look forward to coming up, working every day, give back for everything that the ministry has given me. Um, and I, I, I just want you guys to know I'm very thankful and I'm very grateful for where God has me right now. Um, just came down from serving at the farm, and I got I to gotta give Joey a shout-out down there. You know, man, you had many walls put up, and I see those walls crumbling, bub. And uh, we had some good talks. You lifted me up. Now it's my turn, brother. I see great things in your future. I see Christ working through you. I see you as a leader. I see people following you. Uh, you're a likable, lovable guy, man. And uh, I tell you what, you got a brother for life here, so... Just, I look forward to see you walking this thing out and growing every day, man. That's what it's all about. So, love you guys and God bless. Our reading today in the book of Psalms will come from Psalm chapter 34, verses 11 through 22. The Bible, you know, often connects the fear of the Lord, love and reverence for Him, with obedience. Fear God and keep His commandments. If a man love me, the Bible says, he will keep my words. It's out of John chapter 14, verse 23. David said that a person who fears the Lord doesn't lie, turns from sin, does good, and promotes peace. Reverence is much more than sitting quietly in church. It includes obeying God in the way we speak and the way we treat others in all areas of our lives. We'll read here in Psalms today that uh, David encouraged others to trust and fear God and to exemplify faith truth, obedience, and goodness in their lives. He feared God, and for the most part, he chose the way of goodness and peace. David even treated some of his worst enemies with kindness. Somehow, and I'm not quite sure how we deduct this and come up with this, but somehow we think that peace should come to us with no effort. But David explained that we're to seek and pursue peace. We often wish we could escape troubles, you know, the pain of grief, loss, sorrow, and failure, or even the small daily frustrations that constantly wear us down. God promises to be our source of power. And finally, in today's reading in the book of Psalms, we'll see that uh, this is a prophecy about Christ when he was crucified. Although it was the Roman custom to break the legs of the victim to speed his death, not one of Jesus' bones was broken. Aside from the prophetic meaning, David was pleading for God's protection in the midst of crisis. Psalm 34, verses 11 through 22. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. 
But the Lord turns His face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears His people when they call to Him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely overtake the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve Him. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 14 through 16. A secret gift calms anger. A bribe under the table pacifies fury. Justice is a joy to the godly, but it terrifies evildoers. The person who strays from common sense will end up in the company of the dead.
for listening to another day's edition of Transformation Radio. I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you guys all have a good day today.